Hoops, another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23. I always almost catch myself saying 22, but we're on 23 now. And if you haven't yet, hit the link in the description to pre-order your copy. I'm telling you, do it now. Send me a screenshot if you have, because then we can play some games when the game launches. If you haven't, don't ask me to play with you, okay? We, we're going to get onto this. BJ's back in the building, as always. Real name, no gimmicks. We're answering more of your ah! questions. More your questions. What a way to end a week. More questions from the people who need their questions answered. We didn't get through all of them yesterday. So uh, let's have a look at what we got today. B, how you feeling though? How you feeling though? Because- Oh man, I, it's all good, it's all love. Mo, Mo over here providing knowledge. He dropping, <laughs> he dropping gems, ladies and gentlemen. He dropping gems right now. Oh <laughs> uh, man, this is what we do. This is what we do. We got a question coming from Joanna, who's uh, a great supporter of the show. And she wants to know, any thoughts on Harden staying in Philly? Um, and thoughts on players getting fat contracts that they're probably not worth in an eyes emoji. Joanna, I'm gonna need you to say who you're talking about with that eyes emoji. I'm gonna need you to keep it 100 and drop some names. But BJ, what are your thoughts on James Harden staying in Philadelphia? He did yesterday announce he has re-signed there for a discounted price. Well, I think when he got traded there, it's a, it was a foregone conclusion that that was where he wanted to be. So I expected him to come back there at what number, what length. That was debatable. You know, there was some saying based on what they saw last year, would you sign him to a four-year extension? However, you know, I think at the number they got him at, with I think it's a player option on the second year, it seems to be a contract that will work for everyone based on if he performs, maybe he goes further. If he doesn't, everyone moves on. So to me, I think it gives them now this two-year window of opportunity with Joel and James Harden provided he gets himself back into the type of condition that he knows, I think he understands he needs to be in. So I think it's a win-win for everyone. Let's not forget as well, Tyrese Maxey may well just make a leap to an almost all-star level player this season coming up the way that he played last year. I've got faith in the kid. Uh, Alan Smith says he loves the show. Thank you, Alan. We appreciate your support. He also wants to know, what do you think of Philly's business so far to add depth around Embiid and Harden and their chances of coming out of deep Eastern Conference next year? Because James Harden taking a reduced salary is so that they had the money to sign PJ Tucker and they've got Daniel House. And I think that they're trying to get Markeith Morris as well right now. They're talking about that. I like them adding the depth. I think it's necessary given how good Boston are now and how good Giannis is. Because let's be honest, it doesn't matter what happens with the rest of Milwaukee. As long as Giannis is there, you've got a chance. Like he took the series to seven games. Like as long as Giannis on the court, you've got a chance. Those two are there. Miami is still going to be knocking around. I don't know if they get to the conference finals again. But I think right now it's between those three, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers to come out of the Eastern Conference. What do you think? Well, I, I think at the beginning, on paper, I would agree with you. I probably would add Miami in there because of, you know, their, you know, the talent. And they have veteran players. So I would put them in there. Bam, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and those guys. I, you know, Tyler Hero. I think those guys will be there, provided everyone can stay healthy. So I, I agree with what you're saying, but I do like the fact of the following. The depth that the Sixers have added is absolutely necessary if you're going to go for a championship, especially now in the way the guys play, 
the way the teams are constructed, but more importantly, it's very difficult to rely on a top heavy team, right? Just ask Brooklyn, ask the Lakers. You have to have depth if you're going to win. You know, you saw it last year with the Lake, uh, with the, sorry, with the, with the Warriors. You saw with your Boston Celtics, you're going to need players. And I think the Celtics, that was a nice pickup by the Celtics, by the way, Brockton. I thought that was a really nice, nice pickup for them. And you're going to need you're going to need as many serviceable players as you can, especially in today's game. Well, speaking of top heavy teams, Tony Coleman says, what's the future for the Lakers? <laughs> you know, Mo, I always pause and hesitate. Let me ask. I always them. hesitate. And They're- I know it's awkward. It's always awkward. They're at the mercy of LeBron James. They're at the mercy of LeBron no. James. They're, they are. Because when he leaves, I don't think so. Got? I don't you think got Andrew Davis and cap space. Okay, you might sign someone to your cap space to play with Andrew Davis. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? In the league where there's so many teams with such bright futures right now, am I impressed by the future of the Lakers? They could contend this year. And then if LeBron leaves... I don't think Anthony Davis is good enough to be a number one option. So here's why I always pause and hesitate. You know, out of respect to LeBron's career. Okay. Out of respect. You know, you you don't want to say what it is because you're looking at it. You're going, okay. Last year, he put up, what, 30? What, what did he average last year? 30 points? Yeah. Okay. He played in how many games? I don't know. 50-something. Yeah, get that up, Mo. 50-something games. Okay. He played 56 games, put up 38 and 6. Okay. So, Mo, reason and logic would say, if he can put up 30 points, and it is eight rebounds, six assists, whatever that is, you're saying... That's pretty good. However, Mo, you you have a player now. He'll be what thirty eight next year. Yeah, in December. He'll be thirty eight, and Mo. Let's just we we have to say it. How many games are we really expecting him to play in an eighty two game schedule at thirty eight years of age? I've got a little bit of a hot take to- on this one. Okay, I'll let you have a hot take because, you know, it's like one of those things like we all, not, no one wants to say it, but we have to say it. Like, what are we expecting now? I think, I think he's going to play more games than we expect because he's chasing Kareem's scoring record. Okay. We all know that. So he's going to be playing as, as whatever it takes to get the numbers to, to get those scoring titles here. Okay. But my hot take is I think LeBron will be in the MVP conversation next year. Not because he'll be one of the best players in the league, but because you know how much the media loves LeBron, first of all. Second of all, if he passes Kareem in in the scoring record, that's a big thing. And the Lakers can't possibly be any worse. Okay, so if he can get them into the playoff picture while stat padding to get to 30 points a game like he did last year and passing Kareem, that's enough for Kendrick Perkins and all these guys to sit there and say LeBron James is the MVP. That's my prediction. Not that he's going to be one of the best players, because I don't think he's a top three player in, in the NBA right now. But the media is going to put him in that MVP conversation next year. Watch. Here's what I'm going to say. 
When you see someone put up those type of numbers, 30 points is 30 points. I don't care where you're scoring. Them. That, that If someone is – if he averages 30 points a game for, let's say, 75-plus games next year, Mo, I don't care what age you are. That's a lot of points. And if he does that, I'm going to say they're going to probably win half of those games. He only needs to play 62 games out of the 82. Because to be qualified for the scoring title, which is what he missed out on this year, you have to play 75% of your team's games, which is 61 and a half. So you have to play 62 games to be eligible. And that's why he wasn't eligible to win the scoring title because he only played 56. Okay. But I think he'll play 60 plus games next season. But here is the thing. Here is the thing with the Lakers. It's not fair to just look at the numbers because LeBron James and his standard is different than the standard of the, of most. Yeah. At one point, LeBron James could put a team on his back and carry this team, not just during the regular season, but he could carry them to the NBA finals. Now Mo at this age, he's still capable of putting up 30 points a game just minus the carrying players to the playoffs, let alone the NBA finals. And here is what I'm going to say. Are we just going to admire the numbers and ignore the other parts of it? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to, or going to acknowledge, or are we going to acknowledge where we're really at? I don't think the Lakers, I do think LeBron James could play championship caliber basketball, but he may not be able to do it at the level that he once did it. And because of that, Mo, the Lakers, as they are currently constructed, do not have the assets or the resources to build a team around him to answer that question. And, it, and, it's, and this is what this is what's going to happen. If he averages 30 points and they lose, that's all the fuel that the novice are going to need to say he needs help. Yes. If he doesn't, if LeBron, this is the here's the here's the catch 22 here. <laughs> if he averages 18 points a game. And they got and they have the best record in the league. What's the narrative? Man, LeBron's influence on the rest of this roster. <laughs> That's LeBron controls the narrative. You see what everyone in ESPN, it, they love him. Mo, if he averages, let's say, 22 points a game and they have the best record in the league, what's the narrative? He, he'll be the MVP. Same way they tried to give Chris Paul the damn MVP a couple of seasons ago. Okay. Now, do you know how much sacrifice that would have to take. Well, I don't know where the other points are going to come from looking at this Lakers team. Yeah, exactly. So, Ex- exactly. Unless Kyrie finds his way to force his trade there, but I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired well, of the you, Lakers. You, you, I'm, you, I'm just you, hoping yeah, that know. they miss the playoffs again. I'm a hater. I'm you a know, you're like, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're like, you're like the rest of us. I'm tired of talking about it. Just go play. Like, okay, Facts. let's see what he does. Let's, he, he, let's see what he 42 does. in the true and, league. And, let's and, see how many gets in the uh, against Giannis. And, and, and at his age, 
37, 38. I'm just going to take whatever he can give and enjoy that moment because at that age, Mo, the wheels could fall off at any moment. I mean, they don't look like they will. Um, and hopefully we get to see another season of greatness. Yes. But the second part of Tony's question was, he goes, is there any plans to bring the NBA back to London? I can't speak on that. I'm not too sure about that. Oh, I, um, I, hope, I hope so. I, I, hope, so, I hope so. But uh, I, don't, I don't know about any current plans. But Brad Wilkins wants to know, how influential do you think Jeremy Sohan can be for young British basketball players? Now, the answer to this question is extremely influential. I just tweeted the other day, he put up a picture um, BJ, this is the rookie who, who was talking about Russell Westbrook when uh, they asked what's Russell Westbrook oh. known for and he said bricks but oh. he actually grew up a massive Russell Westbrook fan and so he tweeted a picture like Russell is my favourite player I'm not hating like you know what I mean I'm, I don't blame the kid because that's what the media has told him to think about Russell Westbrook at this stage right. but he puts a picture of him in a Russell Westbrook jersey but he was in a supermarket here in England because he grew up in England right Right. And I'm like, this is kind of crazy that an, an NBA player is living the same lives that all the other kids right now are living. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that means anything because in America, obviously, you have a lot of NBA players. But here to see a kid grow up in, he grew up in Milton Keynes, uh, which is just outside of London. And um, he was just a normal kid who made it to the NBA. I think that's extremely inspirational mm-hmm. that the fact he grew up here and then obviously went to Baylor University and then went off to the NBA. Extremely inspirational. It shows that if he can do it, you can too. No excuses. Um, shout out to Brad for the question. Pierce McGlinchey says, which team do you think could be a surprise package this year and make a deep run in the playoffs? If you say surprise Detroit, team. I'm ending this right now. Well, you can't say, you, you can't say, you can't say the truth. I saw your face light up when I said surprise team. And I was like, there ain't no way this guy's about to tell me the Pistons are making a deep run in the playoffs. A surprise <laughs> team. Like, like, I think the Mavs surprised a lot of people by um, getting to the conference final. You know, yeah, I will say this. On paper, mm-hmm. New Orleans. Yeah, because they, they surprised saw what I a lot of people. Because yeah. now you have CJ McCullough, who's going to have a full year. Yep. Brandon Ingram, I think he is ready to be superstar. Yeah, I think he's well, all-star. Think Let's he's start right on the verge. I mean, I mean, well, he's already been an all-star. I yeah. think he's ready to like to say this is who he is now for the next Would you, you know, know who else is ready? And now if Zion comes back, if Zion comes back. I mean, if you, you I'm saying this, if Zion gives me just 20 a night, based Easy. on what I saw last year, Easy. this team, New Orleans, is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, Valentunas, you sent ah, me that yesterday. Yeah, I didn't know, he I saw didn't know, that. I didn't know what ah. to say about that. <laughs> but you know what? I guess JV. the gumbo was hot. The, the, the gumbo was hot down in New Orleans right now. Yep. But I think that could be the team that could really cause some problems. Do you know because who I you think? Have... Go ahead. The team that I think is going to be the surprise that no one's talking about is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers were the fourth seed up until the injuries that massacred their roster. I, I Bearing think, in I mind, they were the fourth seed without Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio went down with a torn ACL. And they were still the fourth seed. And then when Jarrett Allen and the other guys all got injured, then they dropped down a bit. Right. They're going to have Darius Garland, all-star, Jarrett Allen, all-star. Evan Mobley could make his first all-star appearance this coming season. 
They've got the Twin Towers locking down the paint. They've got good guard play. They've added Karis LeVert. And they've got depth. I think... That's the, a good call. The Cleveland Cavaliers could... The same way the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, we can see the Cleveland Cavaliers there. And I think out of I, all the teams, I, they're I'm capable a, of knocking off one of the big four teams in the East. I, I, I agree with that. I, 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 I couldn't agree more with you about Cleveland. Cleveland is right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, bro. Justin Lloyd says, what kind of second star do you think that Luca needs? If you could pick anyone in the NBA, except for first option stars, so you can't say Giannis or Embiid or Jokic, but who as a second option would you pair with Luka Doncic if you could put anyone? When I say a second star, I mean like a, a CJ McCollum or a Jalen Brown. You know what I'm saying by a second star? Hmm. That's a, that's a good. That's a good question. Luca's an interesting player to me because I, 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 you know, yeah. Well, I can say this. Mm-hmm. I ask a lot of executives this question: How do you build a team around Luca? Luca to me isn't an easy. That's not an easy, simple fix or to think about it because. I don't know what he is. Like Mo, and I always start on the defensive end. Like, you know, Giannis, it's easy. He's a power forward who can play center, small, da-da-da, and you can figure out what to put around him, and it's fairly easy. You know, you LeBron or these guys, you can – Steph Curry. But Luca, what is he? Do you okay. match him up as a – He's a bucket, but defensively, Mo, what is he? No comment. Exactly. Okay. And, Mo, here's the thing. Here's the thing that all great players have to learn how to do. We know where the ball is going to go at the end of the game, right? Mm -hmm. Fourth quarter, where's the ball going to go? It's going Mm -hmm. to be in Luca's hand. So that means that Luca is going to have to learn how to play, like all the great players, that he's going to have to learn how to play without the ball. Luca can't do that yet. He is incredible. As long as he has the ball in his hand, he makes he's a terrific decision maker. He could score in the mid post. He could score from the post. He could score from deep. Even though he's not athletic, he can play, he can play fast. You can't speed him up. You can play in the half court, but he can't play without the ball. Mm-hmm. So that forces me to say what kind of player you would need to play without him for that player to be loud, you know? So I think players like this would be exceptional around him. A player like a Bam out of Bayou would be an exceptional exceptional player with him. Why? It's because Bam does everything he doesn't do. Yep, covers up all the mistakes defensively. I think Marcus Smart would be phenomenal next to him because then you would you could take the ball out of Marcus's hands and just allow Marcus to do what he does which is to guard the other team's best player he makes big time shots and so I think you know players like that would be exceptional 
But it's the one thing I think you have to do with him because I don't think he's ever going to be, I don't think he's ever going to be an average defensive player. He may give you the effort at some point. I lie what you see with Steph Curry doing that. If he gives me that effort, I can live with that. So I think what I would have to do with him is to put defensive players around him that that are versatile enough so that Luca never has to guard the other team's best offensive player and yeah. they just can't pick on him. Yeah. So I think that's what so Bam Marcus Smart I think, I think Bam is a great answer. Drew Holiday but I think that to me would I, be the ideal player to, to play. You know, I think Anthony I, Davis, for instance, would be a good player. I would be comfortable having a whole squad of just three and D guys plus Luca and a rim protector and just going. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. you, got, you got a shot blocker, you've got three players on the court who can switch anything, and you've got Luca. I'd be happy with that. And that's kind of what right. they've done now with, with Luca. And then they've got. Dorian Finney Smith. Um, they've got um Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back. They've got Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie coming off the bench. And then they've got I really like Jerome. Marcus Smart with him. I uh, really let's not like, temp like, fate. Let's not temp fate. Let's uh <laughs> yeah. Marcus Smart staying in the green. We're not even gonna we're not going down that path. Oh, he could be staying in the green, but he could just be in uh, I mean the big D, not <laughs> the D. The big D. <laughs> Luca is more than welcome to join us, Alex, but uh, Mark Smart will not be joining Dallas Mavericks. Our final question for this episode is from Geraint Jones. Does Do the Orlando Magic have enough to make the playing tournament this year with Fultz, Isaac coming back, a solid number one pick in Banchero on the squad as well? I think Orlando... I don't think so. I, I, I disagree. I think Orlando can be better than people think. Why do you disagree? Because of their age. Who's the leader of the group? Gary Harris, I guess, given he's got that new two-year deal um, right, okay. to stay there. All right. Well, what, all right. You're guessing. When you find out who's the leader of the group. <laughs> well, right now, Paolo's looking I, I like, like the leader I, of the group. Like, well, you see exactly. the, did you see, the, did you really see the thing with him and Donovan Mitchell in the, in the, in the, in the summertime right now? I, I can't look at that stuff. I did see, see it. I can't it's look so, at it. It's so funny, okay? It's this is so funny to me because this this is a gym where Hoodie Mello was born and we've seen Ben Simmons hitting threes in this gym. So like I don't really take it too seriously, but they put these clips out the other day of Donovan Mitchell just just he crossed over Paolo, scored on him, whatever, and he's like talking some trash, whatever. Okay, this is Donovan Mitchell, the guy who the Utah Jazz won nine first round picks for, or whatever the came out in the report today. And then today someone puts out a video of Paolo Banchero scoring on Donovan Mitchell like a hundred times in a row. Like he literally just scores. Donovan Mitchell can't do anything to stop him. And the caption goes, Paolo Banchero welcomes Donovan Mitchell to the NBA. And I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. But the number one pick in the draft in Paolo, and then they've got some talented players. And then the Eastern Conference, there are a couple of teams who, if they don't get it together correctly, could stumble down. I don't see why they couldn't sneak into a 10th seed. I like their talent. It's a lot of young players. There's a lot of developing. There's a lot of things that have to go right. And the most important thing is internal leadership. And I don't see that right now. Over time, do I see that? Hopefully, one. here's what I'm looking for with the Orlando Magic. Which one of these young players is going to step up and lead the group? 
Is that going to be Suggs? Is that going to be Fultz? Is that going to be Anthony? Is it going to be Paulo? Bam. I, I don't know. Who's going to step up? Now, do they have talent? Yes. Do they have length, athleticism? Yes. Now, who's going to step up now and steer the ship? And I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know that right. To make the play in, though, you only have to be better than five teams in the Eastern Conference. And if the, easier, everything easier said than done, easier, easier said, said than, than done, done, but also if nothing is guaranteed in this, you know what I'm saying? Nothing is guaranteed. Like, look at how the Hawks started last season, they barely made the play in themselves. Look at the Charlotte Hornets but, now, they've but, just lost 20 something points per game and got nothing in return because of Miles Bridges. So, are they going to be Miles as good Bridges as they were? and Montrez and Montrez? We're not even talking about, yeah, that. I forgot about Trez. I've seen him playing in the Drew League, but I, yeah. So, so how are they going to be better than they were last year? So then the Knicks, is that going to mesh? It might not mesh. The Wizards, okay, they've kept Bradley Beal, but have they improved anywhere else in the squad? You know, the Pacers, they're still trying to rebuild. The Pistons, they're exciting. Well, like I said, be, Mo, I, I, you Mo, never know. I, I, I'll say it again. I like their talent, but the one thing, as you were saying, there's other teams, Atlanta, Charlotte, all those other teams. Orlando doesn't have experience. Those other yeah. teams at least have experience on their side. And experience does matter. Now, do I expect Paulo? Do I expect, is it fair for me to expect him to play 70 out of the 82 games at average 25 a night? That's not fair for me. At some point, you're hoping that he will get to that level. Yes. That's why he was the number one pick. But sh should I be expecting him to do that next year, Mo? And lead the team and know what it's like to play on the road in must games. No, Mo. I'm not. I'm, I feel you. He, he, he's playing against Jason Tatum. Is it fair for me to expect him in a must game to figure out how to hunker down against that rowdy, <laughs> that rowdy crowd up there in Boston? <laughs> Mo, that's not. Mo, come on. Like, what all, all I'm saying. All I'm be? saying is though, is you never know. What can happen in the end? Well, NBA? this is what I hope. This is what I hope for Orlando. If they could just play meaningful games and show signs that how good they could be, so that because what we do know, Mo, is they can't keep all those young players. Yeah. Bo, they have the most lottery picks probably in the league. Yep. Now, one of those guys, they have Anthony Suggs and Fultz. They can't play all three of those guys. Yep. You can't keep all three of them. Mo Bamba, they got Bo Bo now. They got Willie, um, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter, Paulo. Now, at some point, they got a Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, the forward spots. Yeah. And then what's the other guy that got hurt? What's the guy that got hurt from Florida? Jonathan State? Isaac. Um, come on. Now, you would hope that one or two of these guys steps up and separates the separate themselves from the rest of the group. And then you say, this is our core group. You can't even say right now, Mo, who's the core group right now? Who's our core players? And That's I like true. the Wagner kid. I forgot about him. Yep. Franz I, like their, very I like solid. their players. I, I think I, I like him. But you look at that team, and on paper, they've got a nice, you know, 10-man rotation, maybe. Yeah, yeah on, on paper, but hey. We'll see. Let's, we'll see. Only time will tell.
Um, only time will tell, but that's been fun answering. Did Kyrie questions. score like 60 against those guys last year? Did yeah, it's like Sadiq Bay dropped a 50 piece on them. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit basketball. I mean, you, you never know what's gonna happen, you never know what's gonna happen, but uh, it's, been, it's been fun answering these questions. Well, can we get, like can we get 30 people. seconds from our pistons? Can we get 30 seconds? Well, I, how excited I was, are you for I, the pistons? I, I was just about to say it's been fun answering questions. But it's going to be even more fun for you right now because brother Faraz has said, what do you think about the Pistons rebuild? BJ, I'm going to put 30 Ooh. seconds on the clock right now. And uh, and that's all I'm going to give you because I know otherwise we're going to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, this day. is not a rebuild. This is a retool. We're just ready? retooling. We're retooling. We're retooling. Talk your talk. Mo, <laughs> you know what it is. Ivy. Ivy, that's all I got to say. Okay. Duran, that's all I got to say. K. And we call him C squared. We call him oh. C squared. C squared. C squared. C squared. Hey. How about our deal hey. for uh, for the for the kid Marvin Bagley as well? A little redemption story. Bagley, hey Marvin Bagley, Sadiq Bay. We have a lot of young, yeah. We have a lot of young players who have something to prove. And I like where this team is going. But most importantly, I like the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I love the athletic ability here. And I think this year, we are ready to take a step. I'm looking for K, not to just put up big numbers, but I'm really looking for K to step up and lead. I'm looking for him to do what I said. I hope, you know, the Orlando Magic can figure out one of these players are going to have to step up and lead. Okay. It's not enough just to have a lot of young players and everyone's playing like an all-star game. Someone's going to have to step up and say, okay. And lead the group. I think these- if they can keep this core group together. I think they can be pretty good. See, I think the problem with a lot of these rebuilding teams, is they just have young players. They need to put some veterans on that roster for the locker room and to teach them how can to Can I keep you a little secret because you're going to be a GM? Can I keep you, can of I give course, you a secret? Of course. Okay. Veterans don't work if they're not playing. Yeah. What about Udonis Haslam? Uh, veterans don't work if they're not playing. That's not a young group. <laughs> Kyle Lowry is not a young group. I hear it. Jimmy Butler is not a young group. Bam Adebayo, PJ Tucker. Vets work with vets. If you have a vet on your team, that vet better be playing. More importantly, he better be starting. Yeah. Interesting. Because, uh, because the young guys aren't going to listen to the vet who's not playing. That's a that's a that's the biggest mistake that executives make. Oh, I'm going to put somebody in the locker room. No, put somebody on the floor. <laughs> and then when that veteran, when that young player is ready to take over the reins. You allow that player, then you 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 move the vet, or you well, you you get the vet to take a lesser role. I've got one wish for the remaining of free agency. Can we get Carmelo Anthony on a contending team, not back with the Lakers? I feel like Melo deserves the chance to compete for a championship before his career ends. That's what I want to see. I want to see him go to the Bucks or. or you know, a team that has a chance of winning. Here, here, you know I mean? Here's what I want to, here's, here's That's... what I want to see from Carmelo. Here's what I want to see from Carmelo. 
Carmelo, Carmelo, you know, I love Carmelo. I've, I've, I've known, I've watched this kid since high school. And let me tell you something that Carmelo has done with phenomenal consistency. He can put that ball in the bucket. Mid-range king. And I was master of the three ball too. Okay. Now. I learned this from the late Chuck Daly. And it was one of the most fascinating things I've seen in my basketball career. And I was later in my career. The late Chuck Daly, and actually Coach Brendan Sir was on that staff. He had a player that was on the bench, a very capable player. Same as different player, Hall of Fame talent. His name was Dominique Wilkins. Mm -hmm. There was a player that was our starting player. I think I think it was Nick. I think it was Nick. Uh, Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson gets hurt, and Dominique and I were coming off the bench, and we would play our seven and eight minutes a half. And you know, we had a nice team coming off the bench. Nick Anderson gets hurt. Dominique steps in the next night and scores 30. Yep. And a win. And we played great. Nick was phenomenal. <laughs> mm-hmm. The next night we played, Nick comes back. Dominique doesn't expect to start. But now you're like, who has a guy who could just go get you 30 on any given night? This guy deserves. Yeah. He's, you know, hey, this is Dominique Wilkins. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. The next night, DNPCD. Wow. Coach's decision. Coach Daly. Was he was cool with us as veterans, right? He coach Cody was the best with the vets, like there was no sugar coat. You know, you could go talk to coach about anything, he was cool, but I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But I felt so comfortable that I went up to coach daily. I said, Coach, like, how come Nick, like, you know, you, you want to think more if you perform well, you, you get minutes, yep. He goes, BJ, I'm trying to coach a team here. I'm not trying to create problems. That's a problem with me. <laughs> That's a problem for this team. <laughs> and, and just how you're laughing here right now is how we laughed. He said, listen, Dominique can score 30 in his sleep. But everyone doesn't have the confidence of Dominique. I cannot play Dominique for 10 games. And I know when I do put him out there, he, he might give me 30. If you're, if, if his backup keeps going 30, I got a major problem. <laughs> now, the reason I'm saying that is with Carmelo is because Carmelo, from a coach's perspective, it's a major problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The coaches won't admit it. The coaches won't admit this. But let me tell you from a coach's perspective, 
Carmelo is a major, major problem because Carmelo is a bucket. Yep. And we live in a league where it's pace and space, and Carmelo can get you a bucket. Anytime he wants. Now, now it comes to how do you utilize Carmelo to fit him in with the team? So if you are playing with Giannis right now, you're not, you can't just put Melo in the corner and say, just be, just be Wes Matthews. <laughs> you, you can't yeah, do that, he's right? He's not providing the defense of Wes Matthews either. Yeah, there you go. That, that to me, that to me is what Carmelo I learned this from Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright came in this league as a scorer. Bill Cartwright knew if he was going to play in this league at a championship caliber level, he was going to have to be a defensive player. And I'm not saying Carmelo has to be a defensive player, but Carmelo is going to definitely have to figure out how to affect the game without scoring. Because Carmelo can get you 20 right now. Yeah. I don't know if you can win with Carmelo being your number one guy right now but i do know carmelo can get you 20 right now and and a coach all coaches they're afraid of that because guess what you're gonna ask mo at the end of the game how come you didn't put carmelo in when you guys were having problems scoring the basketball Well, I just hope he gets a ring. I mean, he's going to be 39. I do too. I love how many more seasons he's going to have, but uh, that's one of my favorite players ever. But that's another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. As I said at the start, if you haven't yet got your copy of 2K23 pre-ordered, hit the link in our description. Thank you to our friends at NBA 2K. BJ and I are going to be back after the weekend, Monday morning, nice and early. Hopefully, there's some sort of Kevin Durant trade or Donovan Mitchell trade or something happens this weekend that we are going to be able to discuss because I feel like it's... Thank you. But we appreciate you guys rocking with us. It feels good to be back. Thank you. That's full week back in. Yes, it does. It feels good to be home. You know what I mean? I mean, home on the podcast does not feel good to be back in the UK. I'm trying to get back to the States. (laughs) Brands, if you're listening, hit me up. Let's work. (laughs) I need some ocean breeze. Anyway, BJ, I appreciate your time as always, my brother. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up shortly. And uh, to all our fans at home, get buckets.